0: So today's scripture reading is Matthew 4, 17 to 25. So from that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is, is called Peter, passing a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you and from Jerusalem, and Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. This is the word of the Lord. Amen.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, hello guys. How are you? How are you? Can you guys hear me if I don't use the mic? No. No? Okay. All right. I'm trying to not have to use it, but I, will. I don't have the class voice to project it as loud. Anywho, hello. My name is Tom, if I've not met you before, and I'm so glad that you're here with us this morning. Um, we are, guys, we're in our fifth paradigm shift this morning where we've been taking some time to think through the last 18 months. I was just chatting with a friend about what's been going on, and, and she had this—we were just talking about how it's, it's actually a gift— to have something in your life, shake things up and, and kind of have some time to examine and kind of what's left. What are we going to do? What are we going to carry forward into the future? And so what we've been doing is thinking through and learn, trying to learn from our past here at Anchor Point. And what are we going to bring forward? What are the things that are values to us? What are the things that line up with scripture that point us to Jesus, that are things that are unshakable, that will stand the test of another pandemic or whoever, whatever else is down coming down the pipe what are the things that we can hold on to and remember and oh thank you Jess. and um i lost my train of thought my wife distracted me coming down the pipe. her hair looks good um <laughs> whatever, else is coming down the pipe. whatever whatever else is coming down the pipe so what are the things that that are that we want to grab a hold of as followers of jesus that will stand the test of time and so we have been thinking through this whole idea that maybe what we're learning and looking back on the past is maybe we had things upside down, right? Maybe we thought what was good is actually bad and what's is bad is actually good. Maybe we, what we thought was up is actually down and what we thought was down is actually up. And, and so we, we've been making an effort to look at the person of Jesus and the message of Jesus and to learn from him what it looks like to fly right side up. Because we believe Jesus is the perfect representation of God and also shows us what it looks like to be a human being fully alive in God's kingdom. So the last few weeks, we've been zeroing in on things, not just ideas, guys, but values, things that we believe are going to shape and form us on into the future. It's not just, hey, we want to do this thing or this thing. It's what are the things we want to carry into the future that will help us accomplish the vision that God has for us as his people, that will help us make much of Jesus and, and see his mission continue on into the future. In short, how do we make disciples? And so these last few weeks, we've been zeroing in on these values. And we've talked through about leaving behind the life oriented around self to developing a life oriented around God. We've talked through this whole leaving behind this observer mentality into becoming participants in God's kingdom. We talked about leaving behind a life of isolation where we're hiding and not showing up as our real selves to a life of intimacy with God and with one another. And then last week, we looked at this whole idea of disintegration and how Jesus has this invitation to, to form us into the image of Christ. And so today, we're going to look at our final paradigm shift. Drumroll, please. That's pretty good. We're going to talk about moving from stagnation to mission. So the big question we're going to be asking here, and then we're going to hopefully be examining and giving the right answer to you, like Klaus alluded to, there is a right answer, is what am I here for? What am I here on this earth for? This spring, there was an article that kept popping up on my social media feed from the New York Times called There's a Name for the Blah You're Feeling. Anyone else read that? Remember that from like April? There's a name for the blah you're feeling. And at the time, I was feeling that exact feeling. I was feeling blah. And so I thought, let me read this. And maybe you did too. So th- this is kind of his answer to that question. What-, what is this blah feeling that we have? So he-, he says this. This is Adam Grant from the New York Times. At first, I didn't recognize the symptoms that we all had in common. Friends mentioned that they were having trouble concentrating. Colleagues reported that even with vaccines on the horizon, they weren't excited about 2021. A family member was staying up late to watch National Treasure again, even though she knows the movie by heart. That's the real tragedy is that they watched that. (laughs) And instead of bouncing out of bed at 6 AM, I was lying there until seven playing words with friends. It, It wasn't burnout. We still had energy. It wasn't depression, we didn't feel hopeless, we just felt somewhat joyless and aimless. So anyone feel this in the last year or a bit? Yes and amen. It turns out that there's a name for that. This is what he says. This is called languishing. Languishing is a sense of stagnation and emptiness. It feels as if you're muddling through your days, looking at your life through a foggy windshield languishing is a sense of stagnation and emptiness it feels as if you're muddling through your days looking at your life through a foggy windshield this definitely struck a chord with me and I think based on the amount of repost and sharing and conversations I had since then that this was striking a chord with a lot of people and so what was it was it just COVID or was COVID helping us catch a glimpse of what had already been going on underneath the surface So again, I think the deeper question underneath what we all were experiencing in that languishing time is that we're longing for the answer to the question. What am I here for? What is my purpose? And what am I here to do with my years on this earth? So let's let's pray, guys, and let's let's take this into our conversation today. So Father, Son, Spirit, we are grateful for this time together. We're thankful that we've been able to sing truth about who you are and what you've done for us that we're able to have conversations with one another, look one another in the eye and and just catch up. It's such a good gift, Lord, to gather together. And so, Lord, as we open your word together, as we learn, I ask Holy Spirit that you would speak to us, that you would shape us, that you would get this into us, Lord, in a new way. And now we would leave here not in a state of languishing, Lord, but with a sense of purpose, with a sense of deep understanding and longing to, to live that purpose out by the Spirit in a new and tangible way, Lord, for your glory. So we asked this in the name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen. Amen. So you guys have your hand up? Yeah. Great. Okay, so I'm just going to kind of quickly go through uh, the state of stagnation, the good news, and then get us into the meat of the message, which is the mission. What are we actually here on earth to do? So stagnation, this is my definition for stagnation. The feeling of being stuck or lost due to a missing sense of purpose. So stagnation is the feeling of being stuck or lost due to a missing sense of purpose. So what does the Bible say about our purpose? We want to get our understanding of reality from the scriptures. So we have to remember in the beginning, uh, when God created everything in the universe, he declared it good, and he made human beings in his image for a purpose, right? First of all, he made us for relationship with God and one another. And secondly, he made us to rule with him as we partner with him in caring for his world. So we were created for rulership with God. Okay? Yeah. All right, that's a big deal. Um, but what happens next is rebellion, or the fall, or sin enters the world. So humanity, what we do is we rebel against God's good and gracious rule, saying, hey, God, I think I know better than you. Let me, let me, let me take it from here. Um, and what happens is our, our fall into sin subjects people in all creation to create, to corruption and decay through our rebellion. So humanity, humanity's rebellion took us from heaven on earth to heaven and earth. There was a separation there. So in our state of stagnation, sin is what keeps us lost and stuck. So we are endlessly looking for and chasing after a deeper purpose and filling in that answer with lesser answers than what God has designed for us as his people. So again, we think, we're, let, let me define my purpose, God. So we are men and women made in the image of God, given our purpose to rule and reign on his behalf to fill the earth with his presence. And what sin does is it bends our wills and desires inwards, and we end up missing out on what we've been designed and created to do. We end up, if we're honest, we end up in a lot of ways trying to extend the boundaries of our own rule in our own reign, which comes up empty or at very best, a lot less fulfilling than what we had hoped for. And you guys, you've all seen or read or heard about, you know, stars like Tom Brady, the famous quarterback, who wins like his sixth uh, Super Bowl, and he's like, is this it? Is this all this really is? And so we, we have these ideas of what our purpose could be, and then we fulfill that, and it somehow doesn't give us that sense of purpose or fulfillment. So all those things lead us back to the same question, which is what? Why am I here? What am I really here for? So moving along quickly, here's the good news. The good news is that Jesus has called us back from the dead to resuming our original purpose to partner with God completely to see his presence fill all the earth. So Jesus calls us back from the dead. You see, right away in Genesis, we see that God reacts to to what sin had corrupted by unfolding a new plan. So he invites Abram to live under his reign again and to spread. He, He blesses him so that he could be a blessing to the nations. And so from Abraham, God calls a nation, Israel, to initiate his mission to reunite heaven and earth again. And we see how heaven and earth overlap in the temple then. And then all of this has its crescendo in the person and mission of Jesus. So Jesus comes as the God-man to inaugurate the kingdom of God. And through his life, death, and resurrection, he reverses the power and the consequences of sin and death. Amen? And what he does in that is he reconciles us back to our relationship to the Father and to our original purpose of partnership and relationship with the Father, Son, and Spirit. And what we see is the space where heaven and earth overlap is opened up to everyone through Jesus' life, death, resurrection, and ascension. Okay? So this is all the building blocks to what we're going to talk about the rest of today. So what is the mission of God? What is the purpose? So the whole story of scripture is a story of heaven on earth being ripped apart into heaven and earth and God's glorious mission to reunite these two places once again. So what does that look like? How do we do that? And so what we're going to talk about first is a story of my son and I cleaning our bathroom. See here? Okay. Sorry, Theo. Hey, bro. So the other day... uh, Last week, because Theo is a part of our house, he's a part of our family, we want him to grow up into a healthy human being that is able to do things. I called him off the couch and said, hey son, it's time you learn to clean the bathroom. And Theo was stoked, I'm sure he was really excited. And so he was kind of sprawled out on the couch and said, so, hey man, come upstairs with me, we're gonna learn how to clean the bathroom together, or I'm gonna teach you how to clean the bathroom. And so I take him upstairs and he's with me, we're close together, I promise him, I'm gonna show him how to do this and he's gonna learn how to do it by the end of the day. And so we start off by pulling everything out of the shower. I'm going to give you guys in detail what we did. Everything out of the shower. No, I'm just kidding. But we pull everything out, and we just kind of went step by step. And at first, I was showing him what I was doing, and we were right next to each other. I was showing him what I was doing, talking to him about it, and then he would help me do it. And then I would get him to do things on his own, and I would help him. And then eventually, by the end of the morning, Theo was able to clean the downstairs bathroom all by himself, which is pretty amazing. So go, Theo. So what we see in this is that there was like a I I, I invited him into a bigger purpose because he's a part of our family. He has something to do. Like, dude, you show up here. You matter. You you contribute to what what's going on here. We want to be a healthy household. We want to be a blessing. And so we want people to come over and have a clean bathroom to use. Um, And so what I did is I I went to him and invited him into something. Hey, come be with me and I want to help you learn how to do this so that you can do it on your own. And what we see in in the message of Jesus, and we're going to talk about in this this in detail, is remember Jesus invites us to come be a disciple, right? And so what he's saying is, hey, come be with me, hey, follow me, and I will make you. I'm going to teach you how to be a human, fishers of men. So this is the last bit. This is the purpose that God's called us to. And what we see in what we're going to see as we read some scripture here is that there's this process that we go through as disciples or apprentices. And I was talking to Scott about this this week because Scott is a um, A master with a chainsaw, a master chainsawman. And uh, that's what the technical term. And so this is the process. So the master or the teacher does, and the apprentice watches. The master or the teacher does, the apprentice helps. The apprentice does, and the master helps. And then finally, the apprentice does, and the master watches. So Scott's purpose in teaching people how to use chainsaw isn't so that he will be with them all the time using the chainsaw in front of them, it's so that they can do what he can do on their own. So the short answer, guys, what is our purpose it is to do what Jesus did. That's what we're called to do. So let's read, if you guys have your Bibles, let's read a bit of scripture here from Matthew chapter nine. Are you guys okay? Am I going way too fast? OK. So while you guys are turning there, Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, I'm just going to kind of give you some, some snapshots here of what, actually, no, I'll save that. So we're going to read uh, verses, chapter 9, verse 35, all the way through chapter 10, verse 8. So remember what Scott read us already this morning, and let's pick up here. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. That sounds familiar, right? When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Going on to chapter 10, verse 1. And he called to him his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. The names of the 12 apostles are these. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon, the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These 12, Jesus sent out instructing them, Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You receive without paying, give without pay. So can you pick up the correlation here? He's saying, hey, guys, go do what I did. I just did all this stuff. I went and I healed the sick. I cast out demons. I proclaimed the kingdom of God. Hey, I'm telling you now. You've been with me. I've showed you how to do this. Now it's your turn to do this. So right in between what Scott read this morning and what we picked up with, we see Jesus in Matthew 5 to 7, his teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. Anyone read that recently? Mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Matthew chapter 8, I'm just going to give you the snapshot of what he does in these two chapters. He cleanses a leper. He heals the centurion servant. He heals Peter's mother-in-law. He heals the many by delivering them from demonic oppression. He healed the sick. He challenges those who aren't fully ready to pay the cost of following him. He calms the storm. He heals two men possessed by demons in in the Gadarenes. Chapter 9, he heals a paralytic. He calls Matthew the, the tax collector to follow me. He explains to the Pharisees that he came to call not the righteous but sinners. He teaches about fasting. He heals a woman who had an issue of bleeding. He brings a girl back from the dead. He heals two blind men, helped a demon oppressed mute man to speak. So that's just in two chapters. So they, they, the disciples have been walking with Jesus, kind of seeing him do this stuff. And he's saying, hey, guys, listen, the whole purpose of this is so that you can one day do this as well. This is staggering. And I, I love, I love the, 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 how this, this is all laid out. So I, I want to just go through, um, sorry here, guys, I'm trying to make sure I'm on the right spot. Yeah, I'll circle back to that. So let's just go through the, the details of this mission that Jesus has called us to. So I did it really plainly. So who, what, when, where, and how. So I love the hoop it. So you might already be like, hey, and I, I imagine some of the disciples were like, whoa, I can this. Are you talking about me? There's no way I can do this, Lord. And so you might be feeling this already. If I'm saying, hey, your purpose in life, if you're asking the question, what am I here for? The answer is to do what Jesus did. And you might be like, whoa, not me. Or Tom, you might not know this or not, but I'm not Jesus. And that's true. Neither am I. None of us are. But the purpose is that all of us are called into God's mission. Remember, we're created in his image for this purpose, to extend the rule and reign of God into all creation. So I love right away. So who does Jesus call? He sends these 12 disciples that are just everyday normal people that screw up and bumble along and don't know what they're doing. So he calls ordinary people. So an extraordinary God calls ordinary people to do extraordinary things. So don't, don't off the hop be like, hey, I can't do this. I am not a preacher. I can't lead worship. I can't do this. That's not the purpose. That's not the point. Jesus is called you. If you're an ordinary person, good news, you can be on mission with Jesus. What exactly are we doing might be your next question. The work of, of the mission is to carry out the kingdom of God. And so we see pretty plainly in Jesus' ministry, this is preaching the gospel. This is healing the sick. Casting out demons, this is teaching the way of Jesus, prophesying, peacemaking, extending hospitality to those who are far from God, and the list could go on and on. But essentially what it is, is it's just doing what Jesus did, like we talked about. And this whole purpose and, and idea is going back to, remember, the whole purpose of Scripture, that God is on this mission to reunite heaven and earth. It's wherever we go. I mean, Jesus' prayer is, in, in the Lord's prayer, is on earth as it is in heaven. And so we can think about it this way in fill in the blank as it is in heaven, in my workplace, in my thought life, in my sex life, in my um, resting, in my working, whatever it might be, as it is in heaven, in my neighboring, in my jogging, whatever it is, as it is in heaven. That's what we're supposed to do is partnering with God and bringing his kingdom into all aspects and avenue. I actually got this tattoo on my arm because I so often forget why, why am I here, God? What am I doing? And I try to remember the purpose is to bring heaven to earth wherever I am. And it's often more more simple than I realize. So do we do this for a couple weeks? How long do we do this? When are we supposed to do this? Is this just on Sunday mornings? Is this in community groups sometimes when I show up? Is it when I feel like it? Uh, We do this until the return of Jesus Christ. So this is an all-the-time, every-day, 24-7 endeavor that we're on. And the good news is this is in every area of our lives, like I was talking about before. It's not just in our church serving, although that is part of it. It's, it's not less than that, it's more than that. It's in every area and aspect of our lives. How do we do this, you may be asking? Uh, the answer is through the power of the Holy Spirit. So one of the things I think we can overlook, and even this, this even goes back to the whole but I'm not Jesus card, is that in the incarnation, so in Jesus coming and taking on flesh, he laid down his God card, and what he does is he picks up the spirit-filled human card instead. So Jesus shows us what it looks like to fully partner with the Holy Spirit in the mission of God as a human being. So that's pretty incredible. If we think about, okay, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in me, it's in you. That means that we're able to do what Jesus did. So it's a whole process of learning how to be dependent on the spirit obedient to the spirit and then that space will be met by god and be able to carry out his plans and purposes for the world around you it's good news guys what is the cost is this easy no this is not easy Uh, this is going to cost us the comfort of what we've known and what's seen as normal it's, it's easy to show up to church. It's easy to show up to community group. It's easy to do this stuff. But we can do that and still miss the purpose of why we're here on this earth, which is going back to that initial article. We can still It's not like we're burnout. It's not like we're depressed, but we're kind of languishing. Are we really fulfilling what we're created to do? Or are we just kind of meh on the couch? So we have to actually get up off the couch and step into the mission of God. So we have, to, we have to give up the comfort of what we've known. I've settled for this is my kind of Christian life and take on something new. That, okay, I've, I've, I'm created to, to do what Jesus did. And that's a big, big shift in our lives. When we see uh, in, the, in the Old Testament, we, when we see God come and make a covenant with Abram, he, he says this, In Genesis chapter 12. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So there's this great promise of being a blessing. But there's this great cost as well. Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. So there's this leaving behind of what he had known and what, had, what would be seen as normal and trusting God for something new and better and different. And for some of us, that, for all of us, that's the cost. And what that looks like will be different. But the reward is this. The reward is that we'll have a profound sense of purpose as we partner with God in the reunion of heaven and earth. Essentially, we'll be accomplishing what we were created to do from before time even began. So in summary, guys, the kingdom of God is advancing through the church, which is made up of spirit filled followers of Jesus, partnering again fully with God to see his rule and reign established in all creation. God's work of renewal is comprehensive. We see that in Romans chapter eight. This means it extends to humans who are in need of renewal and redemption due to the effects of sin and rebellion and into all of creation, which is in need of renewal and redemption due to the effects of sin and rebellion as well. This happens in this unique tension of God's kingdom, both being already and not yet. So God's space and our space are overlapping in greater capacities where future realities are becoming Present realities. That's what we're contending for: is God's presence, His purpose, His rule, and His reign filling up all the earth. So Jesus, when He says, "Hey, come follow Me, and I'll make you fishers of men," what He's saying is, "Hey, come be with Me. Hey, become like Me, and come do what I did." That's the whole purpose here, guys. Is that just like He He extended the invitation to Peter and Andrew and all these disciples? He's doing the same thing to us. He's saying, "Hey, listen. From now on, you will be catching men." From now on, you'll be doing what I did.